what is in scripture, not from a religious uh, context or intellectual context. And we allow the power of God to administer those principles in our being, we will begin to see the results. And I believe that's why the Lord literally had us start at the very elementary things like uh, encounter and then laying that spiritual foundation. And now we moved on into perfection. We, in perfection, we talk about laying the superstructure. And in um, approaching the things of God, you want to approach them. You know, it, it's one thing for you to come into the kingdom and receive Jesus Christ, have an encounter with him. But no, you're never taught the principles in a systematic way, the oper operational system of the kingdom of heaven. And you're trying to get results, uh, just random results, without you know becoming the person that God wants you to be. Are you trying to have prayers answered without understanding why would God answer that particular prayer? And, and, and because of that, we see a lot of prayers being offered up personally and in churches, and we don't see the relevant power of God to provide people with the breakthrough in those areas. So we're going over systematically. Why is it that we would not see the results in our prayers? And now we talk about submitting to Jesus Christ, submitting to Jesus Christ, which is a kind of like a very foreign thing. And sometimes we've been in the faith for a long time and we truly don't meet, know what that means. And I see a lot of it. And because of that, we live defeated lives or we get sporadic breakthrough, but we don't really conquer and we don't really come into being the heads, like the Bible says, and not the tails and not the tail. So, you know, this is the remedy. God is about, is here to empower your spirit, to empower your spirit and your spiritual position in him. And as you grow spiritually, every other aspect of your being, I'm going to put someone on uh, mute because I'm hearing a back, a, a little noise. So just give me a moment here. Hello? Yeah, so we're back. We're focusing on the spiritual, right? We're focusing on the spiritual, the things of the spirit and how the Lord Jesus Christ laid it out that we will mature spiritually and become the people that he wanted us to be in character, right? Literally being those people. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. I keep under my body. What does that mean? And in the church, you know, it's uh, sometimes comical when I see how uh, many churches, how they replicate the, the Hollywood thing. I see pastors driving up to their churches on a red carpet in a Bentley with, uh, what do you call them, armor bearers, like with uh, six armor bearers to one guy. And, I, and, and you know, that's just... Uh, for to me, that's I don't mind, but that's a that's a little bit too much. And their carpet is painted in a red that is brighter than the one in Hollywood. And they talk about the anointing man of God. So we don't need we don't see people by the fruits. We see people by the power. And and you know we are servants in this kingdom. We are servants. God is not here to empower our flesh. He's here to empower our spirits, to do what He has called us to do. And we thank Him for that. We enjoy health. And the good things that we enjoy that are natural. But the idea is not for us to become puffed up in ourselves. I'm here to serve the body of Christ. I'm here to serve 
the people. I'm here to minister to them. Romans 7 verses 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, Paul again speaking, dwelleth no good thing. I have settled that. I know that within me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. I'm asking God to empower my spirit so I can live out of my spirit. And if I live out of my spirit, I can live a life that is pleasing to him. But if I become a soulish being, it's constantly a turnoff. There's no good thing there. And Paul, you know, Jesus already settled the score. So we started that discipleship and we have all of those lessons on, on podcast. We're going through the process of dying. Foreign again in many churches. We're not talking about empowering our flesh. God did not call me into ministry to make me famous. God did not call me into ministry to make me rich and famous. No. God called us into ministry to do a work that he wants to, us to um, become the people so he can do a work through us. He can work through us. And that is what we are committed to. We are committed to becoming the children that God wants us to be. And that's why we are, we are adhering to every principle that is written in Scripture. I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to become puffed up in myself. I just want to, with humility, serve the people. With humility, do the will of God in my life. That's what I'm pursuing. So today we're going to move on and we're going to talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the gifts, the power gifts. And now we want to talk about the fruits of the Spirit, kingdom character. How, do, how is it that a Christian talks? How is it that a Christian presents himself? How do you uh, differentiate between a Christian and a person that is in the world? It is not by the anointing. It is not because they lay hands on people and they get healed. Or because they prophesy great words, uh, words that they hear from the Lord. That might be so, but we don't identify them in that context. How to have the character of Jesus Christ, more than anything else. How to have the character of Jesus Christ. How to be like him. How to sound like him. How to respond to challenging situations the way that Jesus did. Not to necessarily get angry or vengeful. That's what this process of dying to self will bring you to a, a place where, you know, easily you can forgive and forget by the grace of God. And in doing so, we want to move to Galatians 5, and we'll read from 13, 13 to 24. Galatians 5, 13 to 24. I'll give you guys a couple minutes, because I usually have my scriptures a little bit uh, marked, so I get to them easy. I don't necessarily flip my Bible like some people and um, find the uh, scriptures in uh, two minutes. Sometimes I'm a little bit all over the place. Where is this book again? Right? It's just... Okay. Galatians 5.13 says, For brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. By love serve one another don't use this empowerment that we get from the spirit in a fleshy manner but to serve for all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself all right we're talking about the fruits of the spirit understanding where they come from they come from the holy spirit so as you come to the lord jesus christ and you subject your life to him you give your life to him 
and now we begin to you begin to trend through the power of the Holy Spirit. We got enough. Hello. We we have to know. Begin to depend on the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to cultivate in us these things. For it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But it says, But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Be empowered, be emboldened, and then walk in the spirit. So everything that we are undertaking here, that we have been undertaking for the last four months, it is in regards to this, to growing up spiritually. We're not about empowering your flesh or our own fleshes. No, we're talking about spiritual growth and maturity so we can walk in this dimension. So for the flesh lost it against the spirit. You see where the battle is? Your flesh don't want to die. That is where the battle is. And the spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, says, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So you cannot live a powerful spiritual life unless you begin to grow up spiritually. Not verses 18, but if ye be led up the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Look at this now. Which are these? So if, you're, if you find that you're being defeated constantly by not any one of these, mm -hmm. then you see it's, the issue is in the flesh. Flesh needs to be crucified. For, no, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, the people of the world. We will see this in them. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variances, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling. We see these things on TV. We see people literally crazy, burning buildings, all just out of control. It's a, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if we find ourselves in this place where these are the manifestations that we're seeing, then we're, that those are things are consistent with your soul. And now you got to put that body under. You got to begin to you got to begin to even cut off the sources that are feeding that nature and begin to go after the things of God. Go after the things of God. Now look at where the power is. The power is in your spirit. The power is in the Holy Spirit empowering your spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And look what it says in verses 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So when your flesh has been crucified, guess what? The, how much control Satan will have over you? How much influence? When Satan comes to tempt, what is he appealing to? 
is appealing to the carnal aspects of our being, the, the aspects of us that has not truly died and been subjected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So we want to talk this morning about how to cultivate these fruits in our lives, how to cultivate the character of Christ in our, in our own character and begin to operate like he did. Even challenging situations, you will find yourself in control. It won't be a panic. So and the gifts of the Spirit, right? The first fruit that the Holy Spirit cultivates in you is love. Love. When you begin to, when you begin to spend time in prayer, when you begin to desire the things and hunger for the things of God so much that you will now have the time, you will make the time to pray and to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You will begin to cultivate love inside of you. When you come to Jesus Christ under that Adamic nature, so many different things that we have been taught and we learn. We have to know, unlearn these things by the power of God. It's not something that we can undertake in our own strength. God gives you the ability to do this. And as you begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit and hunger and thirst and de desire and asking and seeking, and then begin to cut off the sources that were feeding your carnal man, the old man, and begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you will begin to see that you will begin to have love for others. Love. You will not be so only... You will not be only concerned about your own affairs. The things of God will begin to concern you. The lost, those who do not know Jesus Christ. You will actually spend your time. I noted that in myself, that after I begin to seek Jesus, and I, said, I begin to take a lot of time, and I, I prayed in my closet. I took uh, two years from work, and I, wasn't, and I was home reading the scriptures and praying, and I didn't watch TV in that time frame. I had very little um, conversations during those days. I was just in my closet, so I, literally in my closet, my clothes closet, by the way, right? Kneeling down, laying down, crying out to God. And fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And God began to change my desires. I began to be focused on different things. I began to have a, a love and a hunger for the hurting and the broken and the lost. I would leave sometime and go on the street and, and I have an agenda to talk to five people, 10 people about Jesus. I do that and I come back home. I wasn't even going after chasing money. I could have been making money in that time. God had given me this invitation like he's given all of us. And I said, yes, I want this. I want to be like Jesus Christ. I want to think like it. The scripture that talks about we should have the mind. Let Permit this mind that was in Christ Jesus also to be in you. We have to give God permission. The Holy Spirit will not come and force himself on you. It's desire. It's hunger. It's thirst. If you hunger after Jesus, he will fill you. And then cut the sources off. You know, Obviously, if you chose Jesus automatically you will not be spending time doing some of the other things that you've been doing. And I talk about the TV, the computer a lot, the time we spend on our phone, those images that we see, those movie scenes that we see. You're feeding the beast, the beast of your flesh. And when he rails up on you, you go, whoa, what is this? this where did this monster come from? Who is feeding this beast? You have to feed him. If you don't feed him, he'll die. 
That's what I, I chose to not watch those movies anymore. I, I, I probably this year, I probably watch a couple of cartoons with the kids. And even those, many of them, I had to cut off. I mean, imagine my kids have more appetite for those type of things than I do. The, the things that they can see, they can watch on TV, I can't watch. I'm watching uh, cartoons with the kids, and I begin to see how Hollywood is, you know, you um, even working against the kids in those movies. Beginning, And I, I will get up and say, this is not for me. And Kim will turn the TV off. We said, we can't watch that kind of stuff. Not even kids' movies we can watch, let alone those things that are on net, Netflix and so forth. Those things are feeding your soul. And you will have great problems with your relationship, with your spirit, man. You will not grow. And you will constantly fight battles, battle after battle after battle. So don't feed those things. Spend time with the Holy Spirit and let him pour this love inside of you. The next thing that the Holy Spirit will cultivate in you as you begin to fellowship, as you begin to worship, as you begin to desire, joy. Joy unspeakable, not happiness. Happiness is based on circumstances. Whether or not something good happens or something negative happens, that change moment to moment. This is how the world is. So whenever volatile situations come around, they have no peace. They have no joy. But when you're communing with the Holy Spirit, when you have that eternal perspective, when you know that God, when you're in the consciousness, spiritual conscious and state that you should be in and ch challenges come, you will still have joy. And spending time with the Spirit of God will nurture this inside of you. Spend time with the Holy Spirit and you will begin to see this joy bubble out of you. Let's look at uh, Romans 15 and verses uh, thir 13. Romans 15 and uh, 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, when I begin to watch um, anything or hear, I can go in a store and the music that they have in there, I know the Holy Spirit in me wants nothing to do with that. I go sometimes to buy a sneaker and they're pay playing these rap music in the store. And I'm so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that I leave my kids looking at them leave, I, and I, I'm out. Anytime I go in a situation that the Holy Spirit is not comfortable with, bye-bye, I'm gone. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I do not want to quench the Holy Spirit in me. It's, it, it's equivalent to Jesus Christ walking with me. And if Jesus Christ is walking with me physically, I was saying to someone last night, who, if the Lord Jesus came to pick you up today, who, and he said, bring one person with you, who would that be that person? It's not going to be the person, the friend that you have that swears. No, no. You're going to go think back to an old friend, maybe from church that you haven't spoken to in 10 years, and say, hmm. Right? So think about it like that. The Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus is with you every day. Monitoring. And you can live a life that is pleasing to him. Or you can just forget that he's with you. 
and I choose not to forget. Moment to moment, I choose not to forget. I could be in a circle of 100 people personally. I could be in a circle of 100 people. And I, all I'm thinking, Lord, I thank you that you're, you're here with me right now. I don't, I, you know, I don't get lost in conversations. I don't want to get lost in earthly things. I begin to speak and conduct myself and forget that precious Holy Spirit is with me. Right? This is what the Lord wants us to do. So joy is one of those things that the Spirit of God will cultivate in you as you spend time with Him. It will renew your mind. And you know you will have all of that, all of those qualities that are consistent with your Lord, with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is making you in the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. Like I said, we spoke about the gifts previously. And when you're dispensing those gifts, this is the persona that you need to have. The, uh, uh, not the anointed man of God that is all in his soul, dispensing the power of God and keeping all of the attention and keeping all of the focus. No. The one that bears the character of Jesus Christ in humility, serving, seeking out the lost. When, when there's 200 people before you, you're looking to see, you're not just lost in the conversations and the good fun. You're thinking, who in this circle here is suffering? Even though they're laughing, but on the inside, Holy Spirit, show, show me who here you know, needs you, needs ministry, needs your love. Point me to that person. I do not want to just exist in this realm of the natural and you begin to have eyes that see like jesus sees and jesus is always looking for the sheep that is hurting the sheep that is broken and then you can now take that gift like we spoke about last week and previously and go minister to that person and that's what jesus did and they knew that jesus had this character because they would shout him they somehow knew that this jesus was not gonna pass and ignore Zacchaeus went up into that tree and he, they were trying to quiet him down and he couldn't be quiet. The next one is peace. The third thing that you will realize being cultivated in you as you spend time with the Holy Spirit is peace. My God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Let's go to John 14, 27. Yeah. St. John 14 and verses 27. Jesus speaking here, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. My God, what a promise mm -hmm. that we, the people of God have. That peace that surpasses all understanding. Even in a storm, even in a tumultuous situation, you keep having this peace. You're driving to the hospital to go look for a sick relative and you go, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you have a hold. You have a grip of this scenario, of this situation. That it's not just in the hands of men. And because of that, I can have this peace. This is the position that we have in Christ. Let's go to Philippians 4. Philippians 4 and verses uh, 
Seven. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. This peace passeth the dimensions of the intellect and shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus was in that boat with the disciples and something began to agitate. You know, the enemy was throwing a storm and Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Master, don't you care that we die? And Jesus was at, he was at ease, understanding his spiritual position and place. And if we nurture the things of the spirit, if we begin to take those things that we have discussed previously and begin to not hear them, but do them, it's the same consciousness that we will come into. It's the same position, reality. And when those situations, those storms begin to come against us, what will we do? We will speak like our Lord. We will react like him with authority. There's a scripture saying that the, Jesus taught not like the, the Pharisees and the scribes, but he taught as one having authority. authority my God, over situations. He didn't panic. You're in an aircraft and there's turbulence or whatever. You have that authority. You have that ability to command, to speak, whatever it is that the enemy is throwing in that. If we get up in who we are spiritually, you know, if you have not been cultivating a relationship with Jesus Christ and been to subject it to his lordship and you now begin to speak words, oh, you know, I speak to that storm that wants to take this airplane into the sea. That storm will ignore all of your words. It's not the verbosity of your words. No, it's your spiritual position. And like we said earlier, the demons, they will check your resume and see if you have a spiritual position and revelation concerning the words that are coming out of your mouth and if they find that you you don't they will do you like what they did to the seven sons of skiva they will strip your clothes off and send you packing right so we have we have to we have to take on these begin to be obedient to the word of god be obedient if you're not obedient you are you are not walking in power and if you're not um, obedient, then these gifts, these qualities, these characteristics, traits that are consistent with Jesus Christ, you will never have them. You will be offended. You'll be hurt. You'll be constantly being tossed with the wind to and fro without a compass. Your identity is in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Now let's grow up and mature and be like him. Let the Holy Spirit cultivate that inside of you. Don't empower your flesh. The other fruits all have to do with character. The other fruits that we have, they all have to do with, with character. Let's go through them really quick. Patience. One of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. My God, the Holy Spirit can give you patience. That one, that's one of the ones that the Holy Spirit had to work on me a lot. 
Because uh, you tell me about climb, climbing Mount Everest, and I'm like, let's go now. Why wait until tomorrow? Why, why are we? What are we waiting? On? Let's go do it now. That's my mentality. And even when I came to the Lord, and uh, and the Lord began to t tell me about uh, ministry and saving people, I was like, okay, let's do it now, Lord. Now, 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 now. Why wait? And God was like, you know, like a wild horse. He was like throwing that lasso over me and bringing me back, calming me down. Let me teach you a few things before you go on the enemy. Take you out. That's what the Lord said. Let me pour a little bit of wisdom because you have no spiritual understanding as yet. Zeal without wisdom can be dangerous. But thank God, you know, I listen to the Lord whenever he speaks to me. I say, okay, Lord, if you say this, I'll find a, uh, give me the grace to be patient, right? Mm -hmm. Kindness, goodness. You begin to share with others. My Lord, faithfulness. Isn't the Holy Spirit something that you can live in this volatile world? Look what's happening on um, all over the world. And God is telling you that in the midst of this, you can have peace. Right? You can be, you, if the, allow the Holy Spirit, you can still have the ability to be kind to others, cultivated inside of you. You're not reacting like the word. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness. And the uh, next one here, self-control. Self-control. You cannot cultivate these character traits on your own. It is a work of the precious, precious Spirit of God. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, even when he came on to the miraculous and preaching the gospel, he said, do not go and preach this gospel until you have been undued, endued with power from on high. Don't go in your flesh. Be empowered in your spirit. Let's go to Ephesians 5 and verses uh, 18. Ephesians 5, 18. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. And being filled with, uh, with the spirit is a continuous thing. Yesterday was one thing, but what will today be? Will you submit to him again when he wakes you up in the morning? One thing the Lord is um, undertaking me, in me right now is I get the, the Holy Spirit wakes me up early in the morning, and sometimes I don't get up, I go back under the, under the sheet. <laughs> and, and the Lord was actually, spoke, he spoke to me audibly in a very unique voice this week. Because I was telling the Lord that I, I'm hungry and I want, I'm thirsty. No kid, I'm being honest, right? I'm telling the Lord, oh, I'm hurt, hungry and thirsty for him this week. And I want more, eh? And then the Lord woke me up. Like, I think it was like after five, closer to six. And, uh, and I heard a voice, a weird voice spoke audibly inside of me and said, I thought you were hungry for me. I think it was yesterday or, or, or maybe the day before. I walked around. I felt bad. Like, like no kidding. The whole day I felt every time my memory... Went back there, my head went like this. Mm -hmm. I was so disappointed in myself. I know God is good, but I feel, I really felt bad. I was like, oh my God. And I made up my mind that next week is not going to be like that. Whenever the Lord wake me up at five next week, I'm going to get out of the bed immediately, immediately. And I'm going to go into prayer. I'm not going to allow my physical body to take the things of God, to rob me of the things that God wants to do. And it's a work. 
not only for for every one of us it's a work this is something that i'm undertaking daily Galatians. this is something that i'm undertaking daily this is something that has to be walked out every single day i have to fight the same battle like everyone else it's just that i wake up every day and i go father in jesus name i give you praise and thanks for a new day lord i subject every part of my being to you body soul and spirit teach me today holy spirit Lead me today. Let not a word come from my mouth that is not inspired by you. Let everything that I think come from you. That's what I, I, this is my prayer. This is the only reason why God is able to use me is because I'm asking the Lord to breathe through me, speak through me, inspire me to think and to speak and to do. Mm-hmm. It's my prayer that I pray every morning and, uh, and I subject every part of my triune being to God. And now when the Lord brings people before me, he's the one that is speaking, not Andrade. And it's a, it's a good thing. Look, let's look back at Galatians 5 and verses 25. Galatians 5 and verses 25. I think we're doing good time. He says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit. So if you live in the spiritual state, what do you think will be the dominant thing in you when you go before people? It will not be your soul. And, and you'll be able to get over things very, very quick. You'll be able to forgive people and um, very, very quick. That's what Jesus, Jesus never kept any unforgiveness. You know, when someone even offends you in their moment of weakness, it could be their moment of, of weakness. And we have to allow for the weakness that are in others. <clears throat> so when they say something or do something, it is not a permanent scar in us. So we have to walk. And if you cultivate spending time with the Holy Spirit and you go outside, you will have a different response when people do not treat you with, with respect. You will give them grace. You will you will not your your flesh, if you're in the in the flesh, oh my, it's bad news. See why we need we need the, the Holy Spirit and we need these gifts to be cultivated in us. Galatians 6, verses 8. Again, verses, let's go down to verse 8. And this one is very strong. It said, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to your flesh, it's you know, I love the word of God. It tells you the end from the beginning. So if the Lord tells me to end from the beginning, my whole thing is like, thank you, Lord. You gave me intelligence. I'm not going down that road. So I don't even bother waste my time going down a road that God don't want me to go. He said, don't pour your flesh. I don't pour my flesh. I don't care how much the flesh screams for that, to watch that TV program. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hyping on that because I don't know what else people do, right? But I don't pour my flesh. But he that soweth to the spirit, the B part, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Spirit, right? So to your spirit, not your flesh. Don't empower your flesh. Galatians 5.17. We're in the book of Galatians today a lot. For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. You see that challenge. Mm-hmm. Number one, you want to have understanding as to why it is that this fight is inside of you. Why is it that this 
fight, a fight between the flesh and the spirit. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the thing that ye would. It's like you're helpless, like we're, we're unable to do what we want. But God has given us the understanding mm -hmm. on how to overcome, to build your spirit man and disconnect from the things that are feeding your flesh and overcome. And we'll have the character that Jesus Christ had. We'll have, we'll have that character. This I say then, walk in the spirit and he shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. So we don't have to fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we begin to, you know, when we do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. One thing the, the scripture says. And a lot, many times we'll see Christians who don't go to church. Or don't fellowship. And you can't have victory, spiritually speaking. If you spend your time, if you, where do you spend your resources? Are you investing in spiritual things? I spend my money investing in spiritual things. I spend my time, my talents, my abilities investing in spiritual things. Not just for carnal things. Or else you're going to find you're not going to have the victory. And then you will not have the fruit either. So look into the things that you're doing with your time. Look into those things. Begin to inspect what you're doing, what you're watching, what you're hearing, who you're hanging out with. And begin to make changes. Consistent with God's will. Consistent with God's word. And you will begin to see those things that we're talking about. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. One of the things that, do you know the Spirit of God? Most times I pray with people, I find that um, pretty much every time there's an, it's, it's all about disobedience, right? At the end of the day, it's about disobedience. The minute they subject, truly subject themselves to Jesus Christ, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, really in every dimension, every area. Because if you don't, you're giving the enemy room to attack. You're giving the enemy room to attack. And you are always going to end up back at the same place. Be obedient mm -hmm. to every aspect of Scripture. Listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then, be, and then move. Just because it wasn't a scream. You know it's the Spirit of God. You know it's not right. Subject yourself even to the authority figures. Wherever the Lord lead you. Right? Look for a pastor a, that is serving Jesus Christ. That you see the character of Jesus Christ. Test it. T test it. Don't just, don't just come to heaven, lighthouse ministry, and um, commit. Ask the Lord, where is it that he wants you to fellowship? In his body. And then go there. If the Holy Spirit tells you go there, go there. Ask the Lord, you know, when it comes on to 
finances. I'm, pay, I'm praying with people about finances a lot. And we have been, you, uh, when, you know, if your finance, if in the financial era of your life, if you're going through challenges, you have to look at the scripture. If you're going through health problems, you have to look to scripture and, be, and be, then become obedient. Let's switch to the area of health. The enemy is attacking your physical body. Why is he able to do this? We can close those doors. When you begin to subject to every part of, every part of your life to Jesus Christ, you'll begin to see the results. Let's look at Romans 8. And we'll read 5 and 6. Romans 8, 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Mm -hmm. You see the two outcomes. Carnally, carnal minded lead to death, but to be spiritual, spiritually minded is life and peace. And as you pursue the spirit life, what do you think will happen in your physical, in every area of your physical life, in your finances, in your health, in your relationships? Now you will begin to see God being expressed in those areas. So focus on the spiritual. Crucify the flesh, like it says in Galatians 5 and verses 24. Crucify the flesh. Also, let's look at Ephesians 6 and verses 12. Very uh, quick teaching we're doing this morning. Just giving you a bit to think about. And we're going to pray Ephesians 6 and verses 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle that we're fighting is not a natural battle. We are in Christ. We have been born again. And these spiritual battles that we're fighting is part of the process that we have to go through. We don't live, we're not in heaven, it's imperfect down here. But if we mature spiritually, we will, we will walk like Jesus did. He had authority over every situation that was presented to him. And some way, shape, or form, if we truly are the people that God wants us to be, we will have authority. We will not be helpless in circumstances. So go back over the things that we have spoken about since we started. Discipleship. The cost of discipleship. We, we went over that. Set the spiritual foundation in place. Do not expect the results if you haven't done that. And then now subject yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let him take the, the decisions that you're going to be making before the Lord. And ask him to direct you. Don't make them based on your intellect. <clears throat> And you will see, uh, you will see you begin to ch be changed and be transformed. And you're not consumed. Like I don't, I'm not consumed with finances. Because I got know that I have this perspective. 
this relationship with Jesus Christ, now that I have subjected every part of my life to the Lord, how can I worry about finance? I don't even want to talk about it. I'm, I, how can I worry about finances? Why would I be worried about my health? That's why every day, every week, we're talking about this coronavirus, and I'm saying, um, yeah, it's not my business. I'm a little bit bored with the whole thing now. Except I would pray for people from that perspective. I pray against it. But when it comes down to myself, I'm like uh, nonchalant about the whole thing. I was like, uh, if the Lord tells me not to go outside or, or to wear a mask or to do this, I'm all in. I'm obedience, right? But it's not my business. Yes, you take care of your physical body. You don't just expect that God is going to supernaturally heal you and do everything miraculously. You take you have to sleep, you have to eat well, and those type of things. But then you know your life is in the hands of God when you're under His lordship. You cannot, things just cannot happen to you like that. Satan just can't walk in your house. And destroy your life you'll have authority you will tell him who's the boss here and i like i, I you know what sometimes i, I i'm getting a little bit addicted to fighting demons now i kind of like it because eh? i can't beat up human beings so i might as well beat demons i'm too small right so i thank god for this um whoa i thank god for this um power this position that he gives us we are at, we are at war i hope you are you guys know that when you got out of bed this morning that you woke up to warfare spiritual warfare in canada typically they say go get a cup of coffee that's the first thing canadians think get a cup of coffee sit on the balcony or wherever they are clueless about what is actually happening we have worked the whole week and made let's now enjoy and demons are jumping and skipping on their beds in the meantime we have 30 million uh, over 30 million canadians we, we, they say we have 60% are Christians. And I tell you, of that 60%, 20, more than half are lukewarm. So basically, we probably have about 28 million unsaved people in Canada. That means if, if an asteroid hit uh, Canada now, we'll have about approximately over 25 million souls go right down into the belly of the earth immediately. Thank God that, that, that Jesus already spoke. I know asteroid will come and destroy this country. Or else hell will have a heck of a day celebrating. You see how much work we have to do? The, the country that we live in, are, uh, they're, we're doing well financially. Prosperity has kept them out of the things of God. And, we, and everybody thinks they have it made. But if you go down to uh, downtown Toronto, when I drive downtown Toronto, myself and Kim, we go, whoa, this place is demonic. You can feel the negative. You can feel the spiritual energy, all different type of principalities and powers. Yet still people, the best penthouse um, condominiums are there, laden with silver and gold. And, you know, it's like clothed for hell. And we cannot allow when they present this to us on TV and we think that that is what we should chase. That is what we should go after. No, we need to pursue the things that Jesus Christ said we should pursue. Become the people. Hunger and thirst for God. You cannot, it cannot be a Sunday morning 
service alone. No. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to commune with the Holy Spirit. You have to, uh, you know, make time for God. Begin to pursue Him. You have to build an altar in your own home. You have to get, come from home, uh, have dinner, and put the worship music on, and begin to speak to God. Begin to worship until the Holy Spirit comes in your home. This is the life of a believer daily. We're supposed to be committed to this. If we are operating like the world does, we come from work and we do, we have dinner and then we you know, play games, watch TV, go to bed, get up, go. Then how are you supposed to be spiritually awake and alive? You can't win the battle like that. Be spiritually inclined. So I think we have a very um, quick message this morning. And we're going to pray for people. Take your relationship with Jesus Christ to the next level. That's my advice. Take your relationship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ to the next level. And begin to commune with the Holy Spirit. And let him change you and transform you. And make you into his likeness and into his image. Father, I give you praise this morning. For this word, O oh Lord God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are available to each and every person this morning. Each and every person that has said yes to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are ready, O oh God, to shape them and to mold them into the individuals that you created, O oh Lord. And Father, in Jesus' name, as we are gathered here today before your presence, oh, I thank you for that word, O oh Lord. As your people begin to come to you, Lord, to desire that character that was in you, I pray that you would give them the empowerment by your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord God. Change them. Renew them, O oh Lord God. Let these fruits that are consistent with your Holy Spirit, let them be embedded in each and every one on this platform, O oh God. As they come before you, give them desires that are consistent with your word, O oh Lord. Let that peace, let that joy, let that newness come on them, O oh Lord God, that you have spoken of in your word. We, we give you honor and praise and thanks this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If anyone is here this morning and you want to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a good time to do so. And you can, we can pray with you corporately. We can pray with you um, after individually. If you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, it is the thing to do. It's not the 10,000 different things that are pulling you left, right, and center. There is one choice, one there is only one intelligent choice on the planet to be made. One intelligent choice. Choice Of all the intellectuals that are here, unless they have, are, unless they are in agreement with these words that I'm speaking, about speaking, about accepting Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and your, your Savior and committing your life to Him. Any other person that lives on this planet that uh, suggests anything that what I'm actually saying to you now is an idiot. The most intelligent thing that you can do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And I would tell that to any, any prime minister, any president of any country right now. It's not get a good education. It's not getting a good job. It's not having a family. That is not it. And if they're telling, this is why it's not intelligent, God's intelligence. And if it's not God's intelligence, it's an inferior intelligence. And why would you subscribe to the intelligence of man 
who is limited in so many ways. And you can see the limitations of men. When you see them, where we end up. That our time here is limited. You can see, how can I trust that being over God? Commit your life to Jesus Christ. Don't do halfway. When I say to rededicate or to recommit your life, I mean you might have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and then you might have backslidden. You might be in a state where you're not really serving Jesus Christ. You're not really committed to him. He's not Lord of your life. Then you can, you can have a prayer that's saying, Lord, I want to come back to you fully. Or if you have never done it before, this is also the opportunity to do it. I'm very blunt. I think um, you guys are uh, probably, you know, familiar with my bluntness. I'm unapologetic about my bluntness also. Very unapologetic. Because you, there's no, no person that can give me a reason not to be. Because, you know, because when we speak politically correct, how is that going to help the lost? Those numbers that we just spoke about, how is that going to help the lost? Political correctness doesn't um, save people from going to hell. And the whole idea why we're here, the only reason why we're talking about where we're here right now this morning, and we've been doing this, is because it's to save the lost. That's it, period. To help the broken. As the Lord Jesus Christ ministers through us, that people can come into healing and blessings and salvation more than anything else. That's why we're doing this. So it's not about political correctness. It's not about speaking. Um, we're not talking about using uh, profanity and so forth. But we, I'm going to use language that is blunt and to the right to the point. Because, you know, this is why the Lord, um, the God has never tamed me in that area. And I've actually asked the Lord about this. And he has never held me back. He said, son, too many of my people are lost and going to hell for you to be politically correct. So who do you think I'm going to... Uh, uh, adhere to my lord my king my master mm -hmm. jesus christ so we'll open it up for prayers now you can type uh in the chat whatever you need i'll give kim a moment to uh say a word um while andrade was uh speaking it's like the lord was um opening my eyes to see the reason why he chose these things to be uh, the fruits of the spirit, like love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, faith. It's like everything that's in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Like when you look at fruits in the physical, what is it? It nourishes the body. It's um, very tasty to the lips. And um, he was saying, this is exactly what it does to the spirit man also. It nourishes your spirit. So this is why these things are called the fruits of the spirit and even the element that it brings to your life the joy the peace the goodness those part of it so i just wanted to share that part and then i also had a testimony that i wanted to share um regarding one of our kids jordana it's like um my son he was having all these encounter with god and then she came to us one day i think she was about five or six and then she started to say that God is not fair because how how come he speaks to everybody else except for her? She has no encounter, nothing to share. 
And then at the same time, her father said, okay, come baby, let me pray for you and God will give you an encounter. So he prayed and we left it at that. And a little while down the street, we were, um, we were sleeping and then she just burst through the door and she said, da, 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 da. it happened, it happened. And what had happened, the Lord had came to her in a dream. And the same thing, he uses the demonstration of a fruit. And she said he was in the middle and there was angels all around him. And then he had two, two, um, he picked an apple from the tree and he said to her, only eat from the good apple tree. And then he was showing her also like what a bad apple looks like and what a good apple looks like. And he tell her only eat from the good apple tree. And then it's like she understood it in her own little spiritual way, how he explained it. And then even now, like even when we go out to the store and stuff and like if she needs something and then we're saying, no, not now, just like any little kid, she would want to start crying. And then I would say to her, you know, what did God say to you? What tree are you eating from now? The good tree or the bad tree? And then she's like, the bad tree. And then right away, like she, she just changed. Like that experience just changed her a hundred percent. So I'm just saying that to say, when you have your own experience with God, it will make such an impact. Like it will be so much easier to overcome whatever it is that standing in your way or what it is that you might say, oh my gosh, this is like, I can't overcome this. But one experience with the Lord will enable you, will empower you to do that thing. So which tree should we be eating from? The good tree or the bad apple tree? I'm posing that question to you. So with that, I'll turn the rest of it back over. Yeah, so let's um, just begin to pray for those that needs prayer this morning. <clears throat> 